Hi, I'm Joe, and this is an audio version of my report, Scheming AIs. Will AIs fake alignment during training in order to get power? I'm reading this report in sections. This is section 2.2.1, two concepts of an episode. Audio versions of the other sections are available on this podcast as well, and the series begins with an introductory section that includes a summary of the entire report, which covers most of the main points and technical terms. I'm hoping this summary will provide much of the context necessary to understand individual sections on their own. Section 2.2, Beyond Episode Goals. Schemers are pursuing goals that extend beyond the time horizon of the episode. But what is an episode? Section 2.2.1, Two Concepts of an Episode. Let's distinguish between two concepts of an episode. Section 2.2.1.1, the incentivized episode. The first, which I'll call the incentivized episode, is the concept that I've been using thus far and will continue to use in what follows. Thus, consider a model acting at at a time t1. Here, the rough idea is to define the episode as the temporal unit after t1 that training actively punishes the model for not optimizing i.e. the unit of time such that we can know by definition that training is not directly pressuring the model to care about consequences beyond that time. For example, if training started on January 1st of 2023 and completed on on July 1st of 2023, then the maximum length of the incentivized episode for this training would be six months. At no point could the model have been punished by training for failing to optimize over a longer than six-month time horizon, because no gradients have been applied to the model's policy that were sensitive to the longer than six-month consequences of its actions. But the incentivized episode for this training process could in principle be shorter than six months as well, more below. Now, importantly, even if training only directly pressures a model to optimize over some limited period of time, it can still in fact create a model that optimizes over some much longer time period, That's what makes schemers, in my sense, a possibility. Thus, for example, if you're training a model to get as many gold coins as possible within a 10-minute window, it could still, in principle, learn the goal, maximize gold coins over all time, and this goal might perform quite well, even absent training gaming, or survive despite not performing all that well, for example, because of the, quote, slack that training allows. Indeed, to the extent we think of evolution as an analogy for ML training, then something like this appears to have happened with humans with goals that extend indefinitely far into the future. For example, quote, long-termists. That is, evolution does not actively select for or against creatures in a manner sensitive to the consequences of their actions in a trillion years. After all, evolution has only been running for a few billion years. And yet, some humans aim their optimization on trillion-year timescales regardless. That said, To the extent a given training procedure in fact creates a model with a very long-term goal, because, for example, such a goal is favored by the sorts of, quote, inductive biases I'll discuss discuss below, then in some sense you could argue that training, quote, incentivizes such a goal as well. That is, suppose that, quote, maximize gold coins in the next 10 minutes and maximize gold coins over all time both get the same reward in a training process that only provides rewards after 10 minutes, but that training, but that training selects maximized gold coins over all time because of some other difference between the goals in question. For example, because maximized gold coins over all time is in some sense simpler, and gradient descent selects for simplicity in addition to reward getting. Does this mean that training incentivizes or selects for the longer-term goal? Maybe you could say that, but it wouldn't imply that training directly punishes the shorter-term goal or directly pressures the model to have the longer-term goal in the sense I have in mind. In particular, in this case, it's at least possible to get the same reward by pursuing a shorter-term goal while holding other capabilities fixed, and the gradients the model's policy receives are, let's suppose, only ever sensitive to what happens within 10 minutes of a model's action, and won't, quote, notice consequences after that. 
So to the extent training selects for caring about consequences further out than 10 minutes, it's not in virtue of those consequences directly influencing the gradients that get applied to the model's policy. Rather, it's via some other less direct route. This means that the model could, in principle, ignore post-10-minute consequences without gradient descent pushing it to stop. Or at least, that's the broad sort of concept I'm trying to point at. Admittedly, though, the subtleties get tricky. In particular, in some cases, a goal that extends beyond the temporal horizon that the gradients are sensitive to might actively get more reward than a shorter-term goal. Maybe, for example, maximized gold coins over all time actually gets more reward than maximized gold coins over the next 10 minutes, because the longer-term goal is simpler in some way that frees up extra cognitive resources that can be put towards gold, gold coin getting. Or maybe humans are trying to use short-term feedback to craft a model that optimizes over longer timescales, and so are actively searching for training processes where short-term reward is maximized by a model pursuing long-term goals. For example, maybe you want your model to optimize for the long-term profit of your company, so you reward it in the short term for taking actions that seem to you like they will maximize long-term profit. One thing that could happen here is that the model starts optimizing specifically for getting the short-term reward. But if your oversight process is good enough, it could be that the highest reward policy for the model here is to actually optimize for long-term profits, or for something else long-term that doesn't route via training gaming. In these cases, it's more natural to say that training, quote, directly pressures the model towards the longer-term goal, given that this goal gets more reward. However, I still want to say that longer-term goals here are beyond episode because they extend beyond the temple horizon to which the gradients are directly and causally sensitive. I admit, though, that defining this precisely might get tricky. See next section for a bit more trickiness. I encourage efforts at greater precision, but I won't attempt them here. Section 2.2.1.2, the intuitive episode. Let's turn to the other concept of an episode, namely what I'll call the intuitive episode. The intuitive episode doesn't have a mechanical definition. Rather, the intuitive episode is just a natural-seeming temporal unit that you give reward at the end of, and which you've decided to call, quote, an episode. For example, if you're training a chess-playing AI, you might call a game of chess an episode. If you're training a chatbot via RLHF, you might call an interaction with a user an episode, and so on. My sense is that the intuitive episode and the incentivized episode are often somewhat related, in the sense that we often pick an intuitive episode that reflects some difference in the training process that makes it easy to assume that the intuitive episode is also the temporal unit that training directly pressures the model to optimize. For example, because you give reward at the end of it, because the training environment, quote, resets between intuitive episodes, or because the model's actions in one episode have no obvious way of affecting the outcomes in other episodes. Importantly, though, the intuitive episode and the incentivized episode are not necessarily the same. That is, if you've just picked a natural-seeming temporal unit to call the episode, it remains an open question whether the training process will directly pressure the model to care about what happens beyond the episode. For example, it remains an open question whether training directly pressures the model to sacrifice reward on an earlier episode for the sake of more reward on a later episode, if and when it is able to do so. To illustrate these dynamics, consider a prisoner's dilemma-like situation where each day an agent can either take plus one reward for itself, quote, defection, or give plus ten reward to the next day's agent, quote, cooperation, where we've decided to call a day an intuitive episode. Will different forms of ML training directly pressure this agent to cooperate? If so, then the intuitive episode we've picked isn't the incentivized episode. Now, my understanding is that in cases like this, vanilla policy gradients, a type of RL algorithm, learn to defect. This test has actually been done with simple agents. See Kruger et al. 2020. And I think it's important to be clear about what sorts of algorithms behave in this way and why. In particular, glancing at this sort of setup, I think it's easy to reason as follows. Quote, sure, 
you say your training models to maximize reward, quote, on the episode for some natural seeming intuitive episode. But you also admit that the model's actions can influence what happens later in time, even beyond this sort of intuitive episode, including perhaps how much reward it gets later. So won't you implicitly be training a model to maximize reward over the whole training process rather than just on an individual intuitive episode? For example, if it's possible for a model to get less reward on the present episode in order to get more reward later, won't cognitive patterns that give rise to making this trade get reinforced overall? From discussions with a few people who know more about reinforcement learning than I do, my current too hazy understanding is that at least for some sorts of RL training algorithms, this isn't correct. That is, it's possible to set up RL training such that some limited myopic unit of behavior is in fact the incentivized episode, even if an agent can sacrifice reward on the present episode for the sake of more reward later, and presumably even if the agent knows this. Indeed, this may well be the default. See footnote for more details. Even granted that it's possible to avoid incentives to optimize across intuitive episodes, though, it's also possible to not do this, especially if you pick your notion of intuitive episode very poorly. For example, my understanding is that tran the transformer architecture is set up by default such that language models are incentivized in training to allocate cognitive resources in a manner that doesn't just promote predicting the next token, but other later tokens as well. See here for more discussion. So if you decided to call predicting just the next token an episode, and to assume on this basis that language models are never directly pressured to think further ahead, you'd be misled. And in some cases, the incentives in training towards cross-episode optimization can seem quite counterintuitive. Thus, Kruger et al. 2020 show, somewhat surprisingly, that if you set up the, the parameters right, a form of ML training called Q-learning sometimes learns to cooperate in prisoner's dilemmas, despite the algorithm being myopic in the sense of ignoring reward on future, quote, episodes. See footnote for more discussion, and see here for a nice and quick explanation of how Q-learning works. Another way to incentivize optimization across intuitive episodes is to introduce various additional layers or, quote, outer loops of selection in training. Thus, for example, consider a toy and unrealistic form of, quote, population-based training, where you create a thousand agents who play StarCraft, have them play a hundred games each, and get updated along the way via some object-level training algorithm, then select the one that performs the best on the final game. In this case, if it were possible for a model to sacrifice reward on earlier games in order to perform better on the final game, there would be at least some selection pressure for it to do so. And see also the results in Kruger et al. 2020, showing that a different form of population-based training selects for cooperation in a prisoner's dilemma-like case like the one discussed above. Depending on the details, though, outer loops of this kind may exert a much weaker degree of selection pressure than inner loops driven directly by gradient descent. Overall, my current sense is that one needs to be quite careful in assessing whether, in the context of a particular training process, the thing you're thinking of as a, quote, episode is actually such that training doesn't actively pressure the model to optimize beyond the episode in that sense. That is, whether a given, quote, intuitive episode is actually the, quote, incentivized episode. Looking closely at the details of the training process seems like a first step, and one that in theory should be able to reveal many, if not all, of the incentives at stake. But empirical experiment seems important, too. Indeed, I am somewhat concerned that my choice in this report to use the, quote, incentivized episode as my definition of episode will too easily prompt conflation between the two definitions and correspondingly inappropriate comfort about the time horizons that different forms of training directly incentivize. I chose to focus on the incentivized episode because I think that it's the most natural and joint carving unit to focus on in differentiating schemers from other types of models. But it's also, importantly, a theoretical object that's harder to directly measure and define. You can't assume off the bat that you know what the incentivized episode for a given sort of training is. 
and my sense is that most common uses of the term episode are closer to the intuitive definition, thereby tempting readers, especially casual readers, towards further confusion. Please don't be confused. Okay, so that was section 2.2.1, two concepts of an episode. The rest of the report is available on this podcast as well. Thanks for listening.